look great. You're doing good. You are fabulous. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the podcast for moms by this mama, keeping it raw, real, and unfiltered every Thursday. Let's get into Christian Mom Uncensored. I don't know if it is the hormones or is who I am, but literally, literally, I have been watching TV and crying for the past two hours um, as I really fight back this nausea, guys. So um, (laughs) one of my cons of pregnancy is I met, okay, let me just go back. I met this girl on Facebook. She's also pregnant and she was going to get my, my crib. Long story short, she doesn't need it anymore, but she was going to get my crib. Um, I was going to give her my crib because I never use cribs, right? And I, you guys, I've talked about this whole thing with the crib. I don't, my babies are co-sleepers. I don't even know why I have a crib. I have a fancy bassinet that I didn't really use with Elliot, but I might use with this baby, um, that like you can rise and lower and it can like be level with your bed. So basically it's attached to your bed, but your baby does kind of have their own space. And so the cool thing is I could, I really will be able to literally roll over and pick up the baby. Um, but when I'm pregnant, I get nauseous so bad. And so I got this prescription. I'm trying to keep the prescription down right now. I got this prescription and my doctor was like, you take it once at night, it's slow release and you should be good. If you're still really sick, you can take it again in the morning. So I'm tried taking it once at night for like a couple days and I would feel okay in the morning, but then like the afternoon I would still be really sick. So I started taking it twice a day and it helped, but in the evening I'm still really sick. So I'm getting towards the end of my prescription and I need to call the doctor, but I don't know if you're a millennial that suffers from phone anxiety. I don't feel like calling the doctor being like, hey, I need this prescription. So I'm actually going to try to put it in the app tomorrow and see if she responds because I might have like two days worth of medicine left. So I need to like really get this prescription filled Friday at the latest, um, so that I'll have it for the weekend because I cannot be sick. And so I took one yesterday and I felt okay. Well, so what happened was uh, earlier in over the weekend, my friend was over and I woke up in the morning and typically I take my medicine at eight o'clock and my routine is like, I get up at six, I log on to work. I kind of like do whatever I'm going to do and start breakfast. And then right at eight o'clock, I go and take my medicine during the weekend, because I don't have to work, my mornings look differently. I remember getting up and looking at my medicine, but I couldn't remember if I took it or not. So I didn't take it because I didn't want to take it twice. By the end of the day, I was feeling like queasy, but I wasn't actually throwing up. So I was like, maybe I can only take one. So here I am today. I only took one last night, none this morning, and I'm paying for it so bad right now. Um, I was getting to the point where I was able to eat dinner because there was like a good solid two weeks where like, I I don't eat dinner. Like I can't. And so I was getting to the point where like I was maybe still a little bit nauseous, but I was, I was, I was also hungry. So I was able to eat and like not throw it up today. I tried to eat, threw it all up. So it's not really working out anymore for me, but I say all this to say pregnancy is fun. Um, and I'm emotional and I don't know if it's cause I'm completely exhausted cause I'm very tired or if it's hormones, or also I'm an emotional person, I could be crying like this in my regular life. But 
here's what I was crying about. I was watching Teen Mom <laughs> and, um, well, let me just say this. I have been feeling lately and you all might relate like I've been doing a lot of like believing, right? A lot of believing. Um, the thing about belief, the thing about faith is a lot of times you have belief without proof of anything. Like there isn't like, I believe this is going to happen and boom, it happens the next day. Now, sometimes life works out like that and God's timing works out like that, but a lot of times it doesn't. And so I've been just believing for bigger, better times and everything has just felt hard recently and I just feel tired. And I mean like every area of my life feels hard right now and I'm tired and I'm not sure if it's just because I am go, 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 work, work, work that I'm just actually tired that I can't deal with any mess anymore. And so I was watching, um, team mom, like I said, and one of the moms in the show, my my favorite mom that I, I follow, um, just had a setback in her life. And it might have seemed like a minor thing if you watch the show, um, but it was a major thing to her. And she just started crying, feeling like she can't catch a break. She feels like she's stuck in this like standstill where she wants to move forward, but like literally nothing is letting her move forward past anything. Um, and I was like literally crying because I kind of feel like that in my life too. And even when you know like, for instance, last week I talked about how, you know, everything will end. Everything has its season. Even when you know things are going to end, it doesn't make the wait any easier. And I feel like I've talked for myself specifically, I feel like for two years, I can say, because as long as Elliot has been born and even before then, I have been waiting on some things in life and believing on some things in life and giving on some things in life and it's not quite there yet and I'm tired and I know that like in the back of my head I can hear get up and go 10 times harder like this is the last mile sprint give it all you've got and I'm like this is the last mile I need a rest stop before I can sprint and so I don't know I was just like so emotional and then I was just thinking about I don't know if it's the hormones, y'all. I'm just so emotional. Um, Just like the kind of mom I aspire to be and the kind of mom I am. And I feel like I'm a pretty good mom. And I feel like I'm a pretty good wife. But I feel like so much of me has been lost in the past six months. Ironically, as I've worked hard, you guys know, this whole year to find myself again, to start writing again, to start being me again, due to either like financial circumstances or time time schedules or anything, I feel like, um, like I've lost some of me and it's been so long. This is, sounds so trivial. But it's been so long that I have walked into a salon and walked out feeling amazing, walked into a store and just purchased something I wanted just because I wanted it. Everything now has consideration. And as moms, you all know, we get put on the back burner 
But when times are a little tighter, we're going to get put off for months. And so I was literally mess. I was really, really mad the other day because I've been wanting to buy these clothes and the baby is showing and I just want to be comfortable and I'm already really, I feel like going through a lot, um, but not that much. And I'm scared to go through more. Um, just like morning sickness has been really bad and every day, like having to get up and get Mia ready and cook breakfast and make sure Ethan's up and ready for work and then do my job and then also make sure the kids have activities and they're having fun and do they have socks and now I feel nauseous and I'm cooking dinner and then puking and cooking dinner and then puking and it's like all of these things where I'm just like, can I catch a break? Can I have three days where I'm paying, like, can I have three days where, like, I buy a cute lounge set, I go and get my hair done, and I take some cute pictures, and I feel like a human, and I don't see those days coming anytime soon, and every time it's like, let's say I get paid, and it's like time to, like, maybe I could buy something, something else comes up, and it's like, fine, I'm really having to, and people are like, oh, so what, like, middle-class America. It is what it is. But really, I, I haven't gotten my hair done since like March. Like it's October. It's been a long time since I've been able to like really set aside and put some time into myself. And it's just been hard because like when you feel like a trap, like a troll monster, it's hard to go through life. And so I kind of feel like a troll monster a lot. And, um, I really want so much for my family and so much for my life and so much for my kids. And I literally give them every single thing that I got, every time that I have, every ener- like all the energy that I have. Um, and I try really hard to make every holiday special and every day special. And it still feels like it's not enough. And... I know that it's just like the way all moms feel, but it doesn't mean that it's not hard in that the day-to-day, like the day-to-day life is is just hard. And um, here's something that I'm going to be honest about. I didn't realize that I was such a striver. Um, As in like, I strive to be the best at anything that I do and I strive to feel really good and I strive and I strive and I strive. Um, until I realized that a message that I've kind of been preaching to others and at least not really preaching, but telling others, I haven't been listening to myself and it's this message of worthiness that you are enough as you are, not who you're going to be in a year, not who you're going to be in six months, not who you're going to be tomorrow. Today, you are worthy. And I feel like, for me, I feel like, God, I'm going to share my message with everyone. And the world is going to know that normal moms are good and they're okay. And that I'm going to show moms that, like, hey, this is normal life. We can enjoy normal life. And I'm going to read my Bible more. And I'm going to take my kids to church. And I'm going to be the best wife. And I'm going to be patient with my kids. And then the days I fall short, I feel like crap. And then I feel like I've been working on like my dream job and my dream space and my dream home. 
And I want those things so badly. Like I want this dream job so badly and I want my dream house so badly. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm almost at that age. Like I want it so bad. So I'm turning 30. So it might be just a crisis because I'm turning 30 and I'm like, God, when am I going to deserve it? I feel like I work so hard every day and life is still hard. Like when am I going to deserve a break? And, um, a lot of people who grew up in church think that like you have to earn God's forgiveness or God's favor or God's, um, you have to earn God's love. And I never could relate to that because I feel like I've always just known like, no, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. Like I've always been that kind of person that's been like, you're great just the way you are. Like, yes, we all can improve, but like you are loved. And I've just preached that message and I've never listened to it. And it's like, I think, you know, I'll be a better mom when we buy a house. I'll be a better mom when I don't have to do this job and I can dedicate all my time to my kids. And I'll be a better mom when my house is spotless. And I'll be a better mom. And I'll be a better wife when I'm not overwhelmed. And then you forget about, like, well, what about you? Like, um, what about the things that you want? What about filling your cup? What about the things you need? And for a long time, I've kind of put myself on the back burner, especially these past three months um, since I've gotten pregnant because, because I don't feel well. I feel guilty that I'm not with my kids the whole evening. And when I say I'm not with them, they're downstairs. They're not far or I'm in the living room with them, but I might be, there might be two hours in the evening. It's, or three hours in the evening where I'm in and out, I'm laying down, the kids come play with me for 30 minutes and then they go back downstairs or whatever. But I don't have it in me at the end of the day and I feel so bad. And I'm thankful that I have a husband that can kind of like step in and step up because it really is miserable. It really is really miserable to, to be nauseous and to have to cook dinner and like actively watch your child eat and smell all the smells. It's probably the worst thing in the world. Um, but this like feeling of worthiness, I realized that I've been feeling so unworthy and so unbeautiful and so, uh, so a mess. And I want to pour that into myself. And even like today, I was going to buy some things, some last minute stuff for Ellie's birthday. And there were some things I wanted and there's still some things I want because I'm a consumer. And I was like, I'm going to buy this. And I bought it and I was like, I don't need this. Let me, let me just cancel this order. And it's like, but this is something that if you just sit down and you do your nails and you just sit down and you do your hair and you just go into your closet and you put together an outfit you feel good in, you will feel good. And so I really do believe like showing up for yourself helps you to show up for others. Um, but this, I'm just tired and emotional, I think. Just tired and emotional. And also I just really related to the fact that you've, on this team mom episode like the relentlessness of life like if it's it's one problem it's another problem it's always something it's always something it's never we get to breathe and break and I think that I live in my head in my Disney vacation where you know we took this week and some days off and every day like yes we had reservations and things but I was on vacation and I could wake up and I could get cute and the kids can kind of do what they wanted and I want that vacation back so bad, 
and I know I'm not going to get it for a long time, and that sucks. Um, and also, I'm glad we're pushing the Disney trip back, because I don't know how we could afford to do everything we did last time um, in this time span, to be honest, because tickets, are, like, everything's expensive, and so... I'm glad that we got to push it back to so we could save more for the trip and be able to have the same trip that we did because, like I said last episode, Disney is expensive. Um, the ticket prices are just insane. But anyway, this is the reminder that you're worthy, and I'm reminding myself that I'm worthy, and I'm reminding myself that I deserve minutes of peace. I deserve minutes alone. It's okay. And I just think my kids are happier when they're with me, and they probably are, but they're fine when they're not. And they're, I mean, like, they're happy, too, with their dad. It's not like they're not. Um, Ethan always tells me, and this is for any mom that has a partner and, and, and struggles with letting, like, your kids be away from you, um, Elliot only acts a certain way when you're in the room. When you're not in the room, he's fine. He's playing. He doesn't fall over every two seconds when he doesn't get his way. But when you're in the room, he acts different, and I believe that. So anyway, I'm going to go take another snooze and then come back on the episode with another topic because that's been what I've been doing these last couple episodes. It's like I need a mid-episode nap. So that's what I'm going to do and then I'll come back. So to talk about something completely different, I, I mentioned that I was like watching TV and crying. One of the episodes I was watching was another episode where one of the girls in the episode got married. And I'm over here bawling the whole time. Like she's walking down the aisle crying, I'm crying. She's saying her vows crying, I'm crying. She does her, you know, first dance, I'm crying. Father-daughter dance, I'm bawling. Um, because weddings just make you emotional. But I did see something there. It was like, can we talk about the expectations of... um weddings these days and how crazy it is and like if you're the maid of honor or if you're a bridesmaid you have to put into this wedding you have to get a new dress you have to get shoes there's a bachelorette there's a bridal shower there's the wedding gift it is very expensive to be in a wedding and um I don't know if it's toxic but I think that like you just allow people to do what they can and as the bride you do what you want to do Um, that's all I can say about that. I had a wedding and I had a group of friends. I had like friends from college and friends from childhood, some friends from work, friends I've met along the way in my bridal party. And I will say every one of them paid a different price for their dress. I didn't require them to wear the same dress. I had them in similar shades or in the same shade. And some people spent more than others. Um, obviously ride or die best friend is ready to go all out for this and then friends that are like you know this is expensive I have things weren't and so I kind of just took it like as I as I would like um some of my bridesmaids like most of my bridesmaids weren't at my bridal shower but my because my mother-in-law threw it and so it was mostly church people my family did come my best friend did come um and it was kind of like a joint bridal shower which was, um, really nice. And for my bachelorette, not all of my bridesmaids came. One, we didn't bring one of them because she wasn't 21 yet. And we were going to be doing 21 year old things. And two, um, one of my friends flat out just said, I don't want to spend that money. I can't afford it. And I was like, that's fine. Um, the friends that wanted to attended and we had a great time. I have like so many funny memories from that night that we'll share forever. Um, these experiences and it's not like and I wasn't like oh you're not coming to my bachelorette I'm like do you no pressure like 
I'm going to go live my best life. And if you can afford it, great. If you can't, can't. And I think that when it comes to weddings, these are monumental moments in a person's life. And so as attendants, or even as being part of a bridal party, just acknowledge that you are signing up to be a part of someone's very important moment in life. And you can be honest at the beginning if you can't, like, let's say they're doing a Vegas trip for your bachelorette. Inflation's insane. Maybe you can't afford Vegas right now. Or hopefully, you know, the wedding's far out enough that you were able to, like, save and plan for it. But also, I feel like as brides, if you can be, like, understanding of your guests and realistic, like, do a local bachelorette party for your friends that are in town and that can't travel. And then if you want to go big, go big with like your best, best friends or the people that really want to go. And I think that's fair and fine. And then even when it comes to the dresses, right? Like I'm not a fan of everyone wearing the same dress. Um, I like like the same color, the same color scheme, um, even like different colors. I'm really into this velvet look lately, y'all. I'm not getting married right now, but it's like my, like if I were to get married, it'd be like a very like formal winter vibe wedding and it's not really my personality because I'm like summer but as I grow up my taste changes um like try to find dresses that are pretty and affordable so like not everyone wants to spend $300 on a dress not everyone wants to spend $100 on a dress and I am telling you I am a great shopper I can find you a beautiful bridesmaid dress well under $300 well under a hundred dollars. Well, not well under, probably about a hundred dollars is probably the lowest I could get like a really good one. Actually, maybe not though. So I've seen someone sale and then you get it for like 50. Um, and so there's ways to, to do it, but I do know that it's hard because as a bride, this is your special day and you want your wedding to look a certain way and you want your memories. Like at the end of the day, the bride's day is her day. So like her bachelorette, her bridal party, her whatever, this is her moment. And I feel like if you as the bride can acknowledge like this is your moment and make sure you do all the things you want, but be willing to bend for people and their circumstances. You pick your bridal party, you know their financial situations probably. Don't expect everyone to spend the X amount of money traveling or X amount of money doing this work it out. And I feel like that's like the most common sense thing. And then when it comes to like picking bridesmaids and maids of honor, that can always get tricky. Like when my best friend gets married, I could see her picking someone else as a maid of honor. And I'm not, I'm an adult now. So like, I'm not mad about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and if she picks me, obviously it'll be amazing. And that would be awesome. And I would be happy. But if she didn't, if she picked the person I think she would pick, I would be like, that's fine. You know, life changes, seasons change. Um, so yeah, even like, um, do your kids, here's a question. Do your kids have the same godparent or godparents for each of your children? Or do you have different godparents for all of your children? If you have multiple children, because I am thinking about my children and like what I kind of want to do with them. And so like my best friends are officially me as godparents. And I guess like they assume they are Elliot's and like they really are. But I'm just thinking about doing something special with the last, with a, with, with a friend of ours. And I'm like, is it weird to be like 
you have a separate godparent or can I just add this person as a godparent but also it's like godparents have roles so it's like you have to be able to fulfill these roles um anyway I just wondered to to know if people had multiple different god and I think about it I have a set of godparents and I know that for a fact my siblings don't have the same godparents now I have never seen my godparents in my whole entire life since I was probably like three or four years old and that's the thing I don't like about that situation. I mean, like, no harm, no foul. I'm not butthurt. I'm not, like, I don't have trauma because I don't have godparents or I don't know them. Like, I'm fine. But with my kids, I'm, like, really intentional about who's in their lives. Um, and so I would never pick people who would be gone in 20 years. The people I picked right now aren't going anywhere, to tell you that. Um, but do you have multiple, does each child have different godparents? And then what do you consider the roles? So, because I think there's two kind of definitions that came about. The first that the first thing is godparents are supposed to be the person that influences your child with God. Like I think that was the original per- reason. Like the I, this is my opinion. I don't really and this is not factual. I have not googled. But like so godparents are like even if I became an atheist or even if I stopped having faith, their role is to continue to show them God and to keep them like in the church essentially as godparents. I know another popular belief is like, if anything, God forbid, ever happened to me or Ethan, they would take my kids. That's not my, that's not my friend's role. I can tell you right now that as I write my will, if anything happened to me or Ethan, my kids are going to my parents. Um, my parents are 50. They're young enough right now. And honestly, if not my parents, I have a long, I have like quite an extensive list. I have like three or four people before we get to my, my, my best friends, like they are not ready for for the responsibility of my children. Um, they'll be great parents someday, but I think they need to have partners and potentially like their own houses and things like that. Um, I'm sure they would work it out, but it's like, no, you're going to my parents who are more stable. Um, so their influence as godparents is to like be a second set of parents, like to love you, kind of like an aunt and an uncle type role, like to love you, to be there for you um, in ways that maybe sometimes moms and dads can't be, especially during teenage years, to for sure always be a positive influence in their life and to always encourage them and just really to be there for them. Anyway, so what is your definition of godparents and do your kids, if you have multiple kids, have different godparents? That's my question. Okay, so pretty much I was feeling really emotional and um, life just keeps on lifing. And it's so interesting to me how like one day it can feel, life can feel really heavy and everything can feel like the end of the world and you don't know how you're going to make it and all of this other stuff. And then the next day you get your bounce back. And I personally um, have gotten my bounce back, so to speak. Second trimester is here. I still suffer with morning sickness, but I am doing a little bit better um, every day. And what I've realized in motherhood is that our identities as moms become our sole identities. And that is fine for a period, but ultimately you do need to kind of find yourself again. And I want to talk about that because over the weekend I was um, celebrating my beautiful Elliot, my handsome son, his second birthday. And as we were celebrating his birthday, 
um, talking to my aunt and how, and she's been working from home for some years now. And she's talking about how she's lonely and how she is trying to figure herself out now. Um, and she feels like she's going through kind of like a midlife crisis because she spent and she put so much of her identity into being a mom. And now she has a son in his twenties. So the parenting that she did, you know, years ago when he was younger is much different than the parenting that happens now. And I realized that some of my listeners are, do have kids that are adults? Um, of course, that's not my story right now. I have babies on babies on babies, but one day it will be. And I think about how as moms, when we put so much into our, into motherhood and we make that our sole identity, it can really negatively end up affecting us and end up affecting you to the point where at some point you don't know who you are. And so I do want to encourage you to find who you are. And I want to talk about some of the steps I've taken to do that myself, because even in having like, I've only been a mom for four years, like me as four years old, I lost myself in that and also kind of refound myself and knew how to do that. So I have a whole bunch to talk about that. And then also I want to talk about something funny about the generations, the different generations. Okay. So first, before I get into like finding yourself in motherhood and all of that, it was my wedding anniversary as well as Elliot's birthday. My mom moved into a new house all this past weekend. And so it was a busy, busy, busy weekend for our anniversary on our anniversary was Friday. We ended up just relaxing for the day. Um, and that's kind of what happens when you have kids and your babysitters are tied up. And so we ordered some sushi. I had to get, of course, um, vegetable sushi and cooked sushi because I'm pregos. And we decided that for our anniversary, all I want to do is eat food that I love and relax. And so I watched some TV. Um, Ethan watched some TV. He took off the day of work and we just kind of used it as a day of rest, which was good because the next day was very busy. Um, My parents moved. I worked in the morning and then we went to the pumpkin patch for Elliot's birthday. And I really debated on what to do for him. Um, I didn't necessarily want to throw him a whole party but we did celebrate him on Sunday with cake and presents at my mom's house Um, and I decorated our house of course but um yeah so Sunday we went Saturday we went to the pumpkin patch with one of my friends it was a good day it was good vibes um Elliot hadn't napped at all that day so by the end of it he was a mess but this pumpkin patch we went to had like live music there and I've gone there before it's not really a pumpkin patch it's actually like a farm so they have like a greenhouse where you can buy all of these plants and then they have fresh fruits fresh vegetables they have a cute little store um they have pumpkins you can purchase and they're all arranged really cute and they had like a kitty trail to go through that was like Halloween themed they have goats and bunnies and cows and chickens that you can feed Um, and then they also had like, it's like known for their famous milkshakes. It's called the bus stop. So they have these crazy cool milkshakes you could get. Um, and like they had some really cool fall flavors. I'm actually going to go back on Friday just to try one of the milkshakes that comes like with a donut on it. They're like literally insane. And they have, um, this little barbecue shack there that sells like mac and cheese. They sell like brisket and pulled pork sandwiches and tacos and, They also had a food truck there that sold like these Asian rice bowls and it was so good. And so we had a great day. Like we, I was there for probably four hours. They had a play area for the kids. Now you had to pay for the trail and you had to pay 
um, for the play area and then of course for food but they had live music they had a beer garden for those who like to drink and it was just a great vibe and the venue itself isn't super big and so when it's great for little kids I feel like and for like parents of little kids because you don't have to like walk through a whole giant thing and be exhausted it's like you can just pick pumpkins there are bathrooms it was excellent okay so I think something that at least millennials and um, even Gen Z's are going to do better than our parents did was realize that we need our own identities outside of motherhood. Um, When I think about my mom and I think about my aunt even, like my mom is the best mom and she was like the mom who decorates special for everyone's birthday. Even to this day as adults, everyone's birthday is still special. She's still getting cake for somebody on their birthday, even though we're all grown up. We're still going to at least have cake together if we don't go out to eat or something. Um, but now that my sister, my sister is a sophomore in college, I know my mom went through this transition of I don't have kids in the house anymore I mean like once your kid is out of school and even though high school your child's a lot more independent you're still making dinner for them every day you're still asking if they did their homework you know you're still parenting and then your kid kind of goes off to school maybe and that parenting role changes and I knew that because as parents and as mamas you know that love for your child is all consuming. Like the amount of love, and you know this, that you have for your children. It's like you are my whole entire world. And it's good, right? It's like nature that we feel this way about our kids. But also what happens is they grow up and eventually leave us. And so I was pretty self-aware when I had Mia that I was going to be obsessed with my kids and be one of those moms. And I knew that, you know, for my sake, I needed to find things outside of motherhood to to cling on to. Because when my kids leave me, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Like, to be an empty nester has to be the hardest transition in your entire world. And I always joke with myself, like, but then I'll really travel and I'll really live life. But also, my mindset is very much like, I don't want to only spend the later half of my years living my best life. Like, I want to live my best life my whole life. And so traveling is important to me. Um, Traveling with my kids is important to me. And anyway, but once you have kids and even so if you didn't find yourself before you had kids, I feel like once you have kids, it's even harder. And um, I was listening to another podcast and there, there's a girl talking about how she has jumped from job to job, never really found her passion. And she kind of felt like her friends and everyone like had their careers and like had their identities and her identity wasn't in her work. And I thought that was interesting because um, I know for myself and even for Ethan, I've talked about this before. We're very different when it comes to our life. Like for me, my whole life, like every second of the day is my whole life. And I want every second of the day to be filled with passion and purpose. Ethan doesn't need that. He can work a nine to five. It could be a company he thinks is pretty good. And if he's comfortable, he's comfortable. He doesn't need his work to be his life's work. 
And I think that for me, um, it's been really hard because I enjoy my job and I am passionate on a level about what I'm doing. Like I'm on a level, I'm helping people and teaching people. And that's an area of my passion, but that's not like, it's still not hitting all the marks. And I think as millennials, we were taught you can be anything you want if you go to college. You can do anything you want if you do this. And then real life happens and it doesn't just fall into your lap. And then a lot of us feel disillusioned and lost and like, well, I thought I was going to be a fancy New York executive or a fancy New York lawyer or a talk show host. And here I am pushing paper and admin or something. And um, it can be disheartening. So all of that kind of ties into this idea about how it's important to find yourself and really like tune into what are your interests, what are your passions, what are things you want to pursue, while of course giving yourself to your child, right? Like I can tell you that Mia has had a preschool parade, a Halloween trick-or-treating, I... um. We took them to the pumpkin patch. Like, I'm doing all the fall mom duties. Mia has soccer practice. Like, I'm momming. I'm a soccer mom now. I'm momming around the block. But Brittany loves Zumba. She loves to dance. She loves to be with people. She's an extrovert. She's like an introverted extrovert. But I'm an extrovert. People is my thing. I like to write and I like to be creative and I like fantasy. So writing and fantasy, I like talking. So I have a podcast. And so like little things like that, like finding ways to, to connect with myself so that when my children do grow up, I hope that I still have a podcast and I'll probably be talking about that. I hope that I have written several books in the next 20 years. You know, when my kids grow up, I hope that I I'm traveling and still going to Disney World and still talking about those things. Um, And I think it's interesting because for like my mom, a lot of her identity is in her faith and also like her life story. So she does work with things she struggled with. She helps people. Um, She is in the prayer group and she is in small group. And so her kind of identity is wrapped up into that, I think. And for people like my aunt, for instance, who doesn't really have like a church home or like a group, I think it's hard to find. And if you don't have a church and you don't have like things to sign up with, like how do you find friends and also like do interests? Like it's hard. It is definitely hard to make friends as an adult. Um, And so at, at least for if any of you guys are, you know, moms of little, there's mops groups and there is moms groups on Facebook. And you can always suggest, hey, are there any moms with adult kids that want to go hang out? And you might get a, a, a pretty good response. Um, what I've seen and what I've noticed is that everyone is lonely and everyone is searching. And so um, places like this podcast and other you know, other platforms and things, bringing that community of like, hey, we're all trying to figure it out. Let's figure it out together. And so I do say when you have a newborn, it's okay to let motherhood be your identity because, you know, you're barely sleeping. So so you're not going to have time for much more. But there will come a day when your child will sleep enough hours a night Maybe still not all through the night because my kids still kind of wake up. Mia, Mia sleeps through the night now, praise God. But Elliot will sometimes like wake up once and look for me um, and things like that. But well, now I'm about to start over. But, you know, 
you're getting enough sleep so that during the day you have energy to pursue your interests. I think that's why TikTok has blown up because everyone just gets to share their lives and we're all looking for that connection. Um, and I will say that community colleges, um, your parks and recreation in your area is a good place to start. A local church is a good place to start. Um, if you're not a church-going, churchy-type person and you want to do something outside of church, that's also fine. I'm that type of person where it's like, I'm good to do one church activity and church on Sunday. I don't need to be in nine church activities. <laughs> that's a lot. But um, I could do like one. And then there you could do like Zumba. And you'll find that like when you start doing something routinely, you naturally start making connections. So I remember back when I was like, planning my wedding and I was going to Zumba every week it was like a bunch of older ladies and I was the youngest like person there I was one of the youngest people there one of the best Zumba dancers I'll tell you but every week I just talked to this group and like we got to know each other and they were just like a sweet group of old ladies they like saw that I got married and I showed them my wedding dress and then I got pregnant and I shared that with them and it was like a cute little you know once a week I was gonna dance and get my endorphins in and actually I think I'm gonna start doing Zumba again I think that's what I need for myself um and get to chat and it's like if you're interested in learning how to paint learning how to speak Spanish learning how to cook a new type of food learning I would really say look at your local community college because every session they offer these kinds of classes that aren't like academic based like you don't need to be a student you can just kind of sign up to do this one-off kind of thing and they do fitness classes as well and that's a really good place to start especially like I know like my community college offers like fantasy writing murder mystery writing classes and so you can really cultivate something cool if you've always wanted to try something um for adults they do like hip-hop dance class and line dancing and so there's a lot of cool things that you can just kind of try as you start to search and find your identity again. I also like to think about, for me, what's helped um, in terms of like formulating who I am outside of mom is you guys know this whole past year of 2022, I've been kind of looking back and thinking about, so before I was a wife and a mom, I was into acting. Before I was a wife and a mom, I was into writing. Before I was a wife and a mom, I liked this, this, and that. And some of those things have kind of fallen off with age, right? Um, and with maturity and lifestyle changes and things. But some of those things like are still inside me. And so if you think back, maybe you were, you know, in chess club in high school, you can do it in chess club now. You can start a chess club. And I think that it'll just help you feel like your day-to-day -day life isn't just mom because it is hard when you, you know you wake up and that to-do list is instant the minute your feet hit the ground okay and I know for me it is because I have to get Mia up dressed and out the door for school and then picked up from school lunch snack get Elliot down for a nap a lot of my day is focused on the tasks for my kids but if you have that one break in the week where it's like, okay, but tonight I get to go to Zumba or, you know, tonight I get to go work on this um, book that I've been working on or, you know, I get to learn about um, Greece, whatever you're interested in. Um, I think that helps because inevitably they grow up, they move on, 
they need you less and they will always need you. Like I still need my mom. I texted her today because I've had a really crappy day and I'm like, I don't know what's going on in the universe. I feel like everything is just working against me. You'll always need your parents. Um, Your kids will always need you. So take comfort in that. But you do need to um, sort of spend some time with you and try to find that one hour, even if it's that even if it's just one hour a week, you would be surprised at like what that one hour of refreshment does for you. Um, I realize that as moms, we are superhuman and we are amazing, but it's not fair that we have to be as good as we are. Um, and I mean, like when I think about, I always have to make sure my kids cups are clean, right? They always need cups. Are they clean? Their snacks are prepped. Their clothes are ready. Um, when they're eating lunch, I make sure they have their favorite fruits. If they don't, I feel bad. Like I know when the next appointment is, I know the order in which my kids want things. Like you just know so much about your kids and the house, like the, the, the speed that us mamas can clean. I mean, it gets destroyed just as quickly as we can get it clean, but the ability to multitask just increases like motherhood just level you up in a way. But I do think that because we get so good at multitasking, because it's like survival, like if you can't multitask, you're not going to survive in motherhood, not to scare anyone who's going to become a mom. Don't worry. It'll come naturally. You will figure it out. I realize that it, it's almost not fair. And I, I'm, I'm burnt out. Um, I'm at the point where I think that God was telling me I need to take a breath and take a break today. Um, because of the way the day worked out with work and stuff. But uh, it, I looked at Ethan and I was like, I am really tired. And I was sobbing, like full on sobbing, because I feel like there's so much that us moms carry. And for me, it's like so much that I carry. And I mean, like from Okay, when is the next time I'm hanging out with my friends? Let me check on them. And if I, sometimes if I don't reach out to them, they won't reach out to me. That's the reality of a lot of my friendships. If I don't say hey, they're not going to say hey. Um, and that sucks. And so I'm checking on friends, trying to make sure they're okay, you know, because I love them. Like, they're still my people. Um, they might be flaky. I'm going to be honest, a lot of my friends are flaky. Sorry if you listen to the podcast, but you know it's true. Um, And things like that. But they're my people. And then I know like, okay, Ethan's going to work on Wednesday. So does he have his badge, his belt, pants, lunch, is everything ironed? Like, does he have clean underwear? I need him to be fresh and clean walking out the door um, and not like work from home guy who's in sweats. And I don't know if he showered last night guy. Like, I need to make sure he's good. And I'm thinking like, okay, relationship wise, let me make sure that I'm speaking kindly to my husband. Let me not just like talk to him about stressful things. Let me, um, and that's been just a a journey itself. I could talk about marriage and I think I will do an episode with him later. Not this week. We're tired, but you know, like let's make sure he's good and he's taken care of. And then it's like, okay, now the laundry has to be folded and dishes have to be done. And I'm making sure everyone at work is okay. And I'm tired. I am tired. And I looked at myself this morning 
after sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I have said, you've been running nonstop. Even at nighttime, it's put Elliot to bed. Then lay down and close your eyes. Try not to think about the next day stuff. Inevitably fall asleep thinking about the next day stuff. I am literally tired. And I haven't taken a moment to breathe and enjoy this last pregnancy. Because I think I don't ever want to be pregnant again because pregnancy really sucks. I mean, like, I like that I don't have to worry about getting big because I'm going to get big. Like, you know what I mean? Like, your belly's going to grow, so I'm not worried about, like, that being in shape. So I'm not, like, constantly at the gym. But that's, like, one perk. And, like, food. If But honestly, the, with the nausea, I don't even get to eat half the time. So it's, like, not even a perk. Um, pregnancy is hard. And I did it so gracefully the first time. And I just think the more you do it, the more you get over it. And even, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, what am I going to wear? It's just this whole journey. Um, but I haven't sat and enjoyed this. And I want to just tell myself you really wanted this last pregnancy. Here's where I'm disappointed. I really wanted this. I only, We wanted three kids and that's it. So that's why I keep saying last pregnancy. God knows what's in store for me. If he wants me to have a fourth child down the, lower, the, down the line, I can't really stop him from like making that happen. I mean, I could, but not really. And um, I just wanted to just feel really beautiful and elegant and like put together and I feel like a freaking dumpster fire. And so I am going to take these next like holiday season to really pour in and pamper myself and get into this pregnancy. It's really tre- second trimester. You can really start seeing the bump. Like I'm really taking the holiday season to be like my glowing pregnancy season. Because this first trimester, I look like, I look insane, feel insane, am insane. And, um... That is the nature of life. I also think that a lot of times we think about, I wanted to talk about the generations too. First of all, first of all, you know, every I see so many moms saying, where's the village? Where's my village? And I realized that for me, my village is busy. My village is present, but, but have active full lives themselves. So I think perhaps our parents' generation like their parents just weren't as busy or something. I don't really know about, like it takes a village, but it's like, I need my village on the daily, like on the weekly. And I feel like I get my my village maybe like bi-monthly or something. And that's hard. And some people don't even have villages, but it's like, with I'm literally juggling a million things at once on fire. And it's, it's a lot. And so I'm trying to figure out like how I can mom really well on my own. And I do a lot of things on my own. Like I do most of my life on my own, I feel like. Um, But village, I really think that what helps though is when you have mom friends because that's when the village is there. And that's what I've said before. We're all in our own little homes separately raising our kids and struggling and feeling insane, right? Going through the chaos every day. But if we all were together hanging out, when you have friends and you have people that have kids, this is why I'm so thankful I made a mom friend and I'm going to like keep trying to make mom friends because when you are just hanging out together and like you're cooking dinner together maybe or having cooking, doing lunch together, the kids are playing and you do lunch and you're talking, 
the chaos dies down. The kids entertain each other. There's two eyes on, there might be five kids between the two of you, but there's two eyes on the five kids and it helps. So maybe the village is, it's not really always supposed to be family. Maybe it's supposed to be other moms because it does help when you're just with other moms who get it and who with other moms who are like, hey, if they're screaming on the floor crying, give them a minute. They'll, they'll self-regulate and they'll get up, you know? And I, my kids, well, here's what I'll say. Mia is very good about her emotions. When she gets upset, she wants you to not look at her. She wants a minute. And when she's calm, she re-enters the conversation. She'll sometimes go upstairs to her room. She'll read a book. And when she's done, she'll come down and say she feels better. And she'll tell you what made her sad. She can really articulate her feelings. I'm so proud of that. Elliot is too. So he just lays on the floor and cries for like five seconds. And then he's fine. We'll work on the feelings <laughs> as we go. Um, but generationally, we were talking the other day at my mom's house. My mom was there. My grandma was there. My aunt was there. And we were talking about how it's different the way we raise kids. And you know that in these days, like gentle parenting is a big thing. Um, and it's funny because Ethan's not really a gentle parenter. He's not like harsh or st- he's stricter than I am. And he's like harsher than I am. Um, cause I'm naturally a softie, but, for a lot of us mamas, like we're gentle with our kids, right? And we're all about learning, teaching them how to articulate their feelings and work through their feelings and like go through their feelings. Like we're all about that. That's what we do these days. And um, like when a child has a tantrum, you know how like when you're at the store and you see parents like stop it right now, like stop acting out. Um, and then sometimes you see parents that just like let their kids cry or like, I'm just going to let you calm down or try to find a quiet area in the store and let them calm down or do whatever. A lot of us are very like parents are now just aware as parents that kids are going to be kids. And when we go out into the world, we deserve to have spaces like we should be able to be at Target, even if our toddler is melting down. Um, and we walk through, we go through with it. And so my aunt was saying that she saw a dad walking with his like kind of younger child um, around her neighborhood and the child, they were on a walk and the kid had a whole tantrum, didn't want to walk, laid on the ground. The dad sat there, waited for him. And when he was done, the child got up and they kept walking. And she was like, wow, I was really impressed. And I was like, yeah, that's what a lot of us are doing these days. And my grandma was talking about how like in her day, that wouldn't have been a thing. You would like get up, like, what are you doing? And it's because you're embarrassed as a parent that your kid's acting out. And I think that we realize as adults, like at least as the generations go on, like I told her, like, you, you know, better, you do better. We, we've learned over time, like feelings are feelings and they're going to like, kids are going to express themselves. Kids are supposed to explore the world. They're supposed to be loud. They're supposed to be messy. I saw a guy talk about that on TikTok. That's how they're supposed to be. That's how they learn. Us as adults have figured it out so we can self-regulate and know that if our favorite item that we wanted at the store isn't there, we're not going to scream and cry about it. We might be mad. It might really make us mad. It might really ruin our day, but we're not going to scream and cry about it because we've learned to regulate and to like put like keep keep it moving like life goes on. But kids don't have that yet. And that's okay. And so I don't like when my kids are acting out a whole lot. But when they do, if we're out in the world, I try to comfort them and let them feel it out and then keep it moving because no one's ever approached me. And I think that's a good thing. 
because the type of responder I am, it's so funny how much I've changed. I used to be quiet, docile, accommodating. Not to say I'm not nice, like I'm a nice person, but if you come at me wrong, I come at you with like words and not not even like putting you down, just like, I'm sorry, what do you expect me to do? My child's having a moment here. My child is learning how to regulate their emotions right now. I'm sorry that it is affecting your shopping experience, but this is literally a blimp in your day. Please mind your own business and keep walking. Unless you're going to help me in this situation, your negative comments aren't necessary. Thank you. Have a great day. Like, that's who I am now. Like, I am like, hmm. Like, if someone wants to stare at me breastfeeding, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, while you're over there snacking on whatever you're snacking on or sipping on your Starbucks, no one is staring at you. And for you to ask me to cover up, I'm sorry that the human body makes you uncomfortable. Kindly, kindly avert your eyes or walk away. But I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's I have the right to feed my child. Like that's who I am now. Now, this is veteran mom. This is I have three kids mom. This is first time mom would have been like, oh my gosh, trying to figure out how to cover up. I tried to cover up Mia twice. And after that, I realized this is not for me. Um, Like motherhood, I have found my voice. Like I dare you to come at me about my parenting because I will come right back. Like come at me, Karens, because... I've got words and I've got WBAL, that's our local news station, on speed dial. Like the minute someone wants to mess with me, I go to the media. And that's my biggest advice because the media will really ruin a life. And Ethan thinks it's mean and wrong because it's like someone could have just been having a bad day and you're going to blow up their spot and call the news. And I'm like, yeah, I was probably also having a bad day. They probably also made it worse. Now they get to be publicly shamed for being a Karen. I'm not against it. Okay, sorry, y'all. I just had a moment. Um, Lots of feelings. But I think it's interesting how generationally we act different, do different, and all these other things. Um, But as parents, we grow up with our kids. Like, we learn with our kids. Like, when Mia had cradle cap... I had to figure out what was going to work when, you know, when Elliot was born, he barely had cradle cap, but I knew how to take care of it because I learned from Mia. And so as you raise your kids, like the parent that raises the first child is very different than the parent that raises the youngest child. Because when you raise your firstborn, you kind of grow up as a parent with your firstborn. You make mistakes you won't make with your other children, right? And I'm, I'm my mom's first kid. I think I turned out pretty great. I think she did a great job of raising me. Ethan would be like, you're so self-centered. But no, I really think that, and I think she learned. I also think that as an oldest, you kind of are a little more mature. I had a lot of responsibility. And I think because I had responsibility, it has made me a responsible person. Whereas like some of my other siblings haven't had as much responsibility because they were the younger siblings. So maybe they have to learn that differently than I would have. Um... I was the first to get married. So, of course, the wedding was expensive and things like that. It might not be the same for the others or they'll learn like, okay, for this wedding, we're going to do things differently or or whatever that happens down the line Um, with dating. I mean, my mom would let Ethan sleep over, but he had to sleep on the floor. I mean, my brother's girlfriend lives with my parents now. She has her own room in my parents' house now. It's kind of um, 
just interesting. Like when you change as you parent and as kids, you know, you might be like, when I was a kid, mom would have never let me do that. And she's letting you do that. Well, she was learning with you. And, um, so yeah, so like with this third baby, you know, with the first baby, you're so scared of everything. Um, you don't really know what to do. Like breastfeeding wise, I really struggled. I know, I kind of know what to do now. Um, I kind of know where I went right with Mia and where I went wrong with Mia and where I went right with Elliot and where I went wrong with Elliot. Like with Mia, I should have kept feeding her more. I was also in the office every day and that was going to affect my milk supply. Um, with Elliot, I was home the whole for the whole first year. And so he's still attached to the boob now at two years old and he's never taken a bottle. So with this third baby, I know there's got to be a balance where most of the time you're breastfeeding, but I need you to take a bottle occasionally so I can leave and know you won't starve um, and things like that. So when you know better, you do better. Um, but it's just been a really hard past three months for me and I'm learning a lot but I'm hating every minute of it and I keep telling myself like you're working really hard and you're setting yourself up for the next 10 years right now and um I am and in fact I'm about to be in school every night for three hours a night for the next three weeks um starting in December I'll be in school every night for three hours for three weeks um but it's it's gonna be hard but that's like the setup for the next 10 years like you got to go through the hard to get to the coasting to get to the easy and I'm still praying like god I'm still praying that I'm moving in the right direction and I'm also trying to be patient a lot of times you look at other people's lives around you why is this happening to them and not me you know, um, why am I here and they're there? Or, you know, how come all these people do this, this, and this, and I, I'm stuck doing this and I feel trapped and all these different feelings. Um, you got to move and just keep, put your head down and keep going. Cry if you have to. Like there's been times I've been physically working on something and crying through it, but it's like at the end of the day, I still finished that project. At the end of the day, I still finished cleaning, whatever. Just keep pushing. And, um, speaking of pushing and growth, I have one more thing to talk about that I've really learned um, and that I'm still learning and that has been an area of struggle. So I have been with my husband for 10 years. Um, I've been with him for 10 years. We've been married for five years. We had a three-year engagement. So we dated for two years. We were engaged for three years and we've been married for five years. Um, So we've been together 10 years total and we've done a lot of life relatively quickly. We have had gotten married. I mean, I feel like three years of an engagement was long enough. Like we were younger when we got married. I was 24. And so a lot of those years was spent like not being able to afford a wedding. And then we got to that point and we got married and then immediately had kids. And I think for Ethan, he never really knew what he wanted to do in life or could figure out what he wanted to do career-wise. And I've always had ideas, but they've always changed. And I've always chased an idea really hard for like a month or two and then moved on to another. Now I've been really sitting in what I want to do next for well over two years. And so as I'm working towards this next phase, you know, I'm certain this is what I want. Um, And I definitely am at the point where I see where I am now and I know that in a year 
I'm going to look back and think, wow. And I know that in three years, I'm going to look back and think, wow, because I'm working. I've also come a long way in communicating in my marriage and in general, in terms of like when I can and can't receive certain conversations. I always approach conversations with Ethan like, hey, I have something I'd like to talk about. I've really been struggling in this kind of area. But if we're going to have this conversation, I know if you're in this, I need to know if you're in a headspace right now to receive this. Um, And I talk like that because sometimes when we speak with our spouses about things that are hard or things we're struggling with in our marriage, in our lives, um, they can get emotional and defensive or upset. And sometimes I need like practical solutions. And so it's one of those things where I'm saying, hey, yes, this does affect us emotionally, but I'm trying to logically figure out what's going on wrong here. Are we in a space where we can openly talk about that? And uh, that, like emotions are allowed. I'm not saying we can't like feel sad or cry or be upset, but I need to know, is it going to be all just crying and yelling or is it going to be a productive conversation? Um, so I've come a long way there. And what Ethan has told me recently and what I've noticed is he has said, and this will happen in marriage, I think. Um, and I'm going to get really into marriage for one minute. But he said like, you're growing at a really accelerated rate. Like you are a mom, you are moving into entrepreneurship, you are um, really like focused and driven and you are like moving. And even like emotionally, you're moving to the point where you want to speak, you're you're emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent to like at a higher level. And I'm moving, but I'm moving a lot slower than you are. And so instead of growing together, I am growing and he is growing, not together. And so what I told him was like, well, how are, I think that was part of our issue was I had a lot of goals, dreams, ambitions. We're moving here, this, 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 and this, this is the house I want to buy. We're going to, it's got to be this big and this, 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 and this, and this is how we're going to get there. And I realizing like these parts about myself and this is how I'm going to set our family up financially for the future and our kids financially and us financially and not just financially, like emotionally and all these things. And I'm growing really fast in what, and even like in how I want to keep things organized and all of these things, like I'm growing to the point where I see things, I know how to do it better. I look at an area, I know how to get it together and he is not moving like that. And so he said, and he was being honest and I think he was right. I think you're frustrated with me because you're growing at a faster rate than I am. And we're in like a kind of a weird place. And so we've had to kind of figure out how to navigate that, right? Because I, um, I, I feel like I have figured out what I want to do for the next at least 10 years of my life. I can feel like I can only commit 10 years to something and then I probably will want to do something else. But for the next 10 years, I really want to get good at this. I really want to become good in this area that I'm about to go study for and do all of these things, right? He doesn't know what he wants to do. And so he's like, I feel like for you, you have focus, direction, and drive, but I don't know where I'm driving to. And so for you, you're like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. Where are you doing? And he doesn't know. And then for me, I'm like, well, you should probably figure it out. And for him, he's like, listen, I'm, I'm moving step by step in my own way and in my own pace. And you're moving like step, 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 step. And so we've kind of had to figure that out. And also I had to realize that this is something I do that's not good, um, is that when I see my partner and I think that, for instance, I love my husband. I want him to spend his whole life 
doing what he loves. Because I think you only get one shot on this earth, in this life, to do life. Whatever happens in the afterlife, Jesus comes, it's going to be amazing, great. But on earth, we've got this one chance on this earth, right? And so for me, I, I think about that hardcore, that hits my core, that I get like one shot at this. And if I only get one shot, I want to know I did everything I could to do what I love and to show my kids success and all of this stuff. He doesn't think like that. And I spent some time thinking that like if I, that I should kind of push him and coach him. And I have pushed him to do different things that have benefited him in life. Like you should really try for this or go for this. And it has worked out. But he has to do some of this on his own. And so, like, I'm the type of person, it's like, I want, you say I want to get in shape, great. I'm making a plan for that. We're going to work out three times a week. We're going to not eat any fast food. I'm going to remind you to go to the gym. Even when you're tired and you don't feel like it, I'm going to say, no, we're going. That's who I am. Like, I, I make a plan and I run with it. For our marriage's sake, I don't need to do that for him. And so I felt like I was really doing a great service to help lay out a plan to get to where he wants to go. And I told him, if you told me tomorrow that your next dream career change was this, I could give you, give me an hour and I will give you the steps to get there. I'll give you your starting point. Um, but he doesn't need that from me. As a partner, he just needs me to love him where he is and support him where he is. And he can figure that part of his life out himself. Um, I think because I'm like type A and I'm organized and I'm goal oriented, he's not type A organized or goal oriented. So it's, it's, we've had to figure that out. And I realized because I'm growing in this direction of life, I want him to grow in that direction of life too. So I'm like, well, what do you want to do? I can get you there. And he's like, I really want to support you in your dreams right now. And so let me just do my job and figure out what I want to do company-wise. And you go. You grow, girl. You glow, girl. And I kind of was taking that for granted. So that means that, like, you know, for the next year, really, I want to I really get my feet wet in this business. I really want to get good at this business. That means that he's going to sometimes have to watch the kids so I can go do some of my work. If he's also trying to do his thing, he's going to, there is like, it's kind of, there is like a season and time for things. And when I saw this intuitive healer, she was saying, you're going to do things and you're going to show your husband it's possible. And when she said that, I thought, wow, that's true. I really think that I'm going to show him and it's going to motivate him. But right now I got to show him. So long story short, short story long, I had to learn what he needed in me instead of what I thought he needed in me. And I had to kind of loosen the reins for his life, (laughs) loosen the reins. But you know, like sometimes you think you're helping your partner, but you're hurting them in a way. And I, I was in that place and it was hard. And I, I am working on that. And honestly, I think it's hard because I have all these ideas and dreams and like really good big visions that I want to share all the time. And he doesn't have those things. So then I'm like, well, what do you, what do you have going on? And he's like, I'm just, I'm working. I'm raising the kids. I'm loving my wife. That's what I got going on. And I'm like, well, I got this project, this project, this project, this idea, this idea, this idea. And he's like, that's a lot of stuff. I just don't have as much stuff as you. And that's okay. 
I got to get going. I got to pick up Mia from school and figure out this thing for work and do life, 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 life. But that's all I have for this week. Keeping it raw, real, and uncensored. I love you all. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Christian Mom Uncensored. Join our mom group. Um, join the mom chat. Um, I'm going to try to keep it active. I'm busy, but I am in there and I respond if I see something. And so I love you all. Be safe. I hope this episode resonated with you in some way. And we're going to just keep on pressing on. God bless. No stress. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.